Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokens And non-token lovers of liberty It is Monday, February 22nd, 2016 And it's got to be 420 Somewhere in the world Thanks for joining us. We've got a great show for you today. I just completed three days in Seattle, Washington at the Canacon out at the uh, Smith uh, Terminal, Pier 91, kind of just north of the uh, Seattle Hemp Fest Park. An amazing three-day event. They had 98,000 square feet. They had two floors, over 250 vendors, 14 food trucks, three different seminar areas, and... The Cavi Gold Records tent where they had live music going on outside as well. An incredible event. We met a lot of vendors and a lot of activists. And we're going to be bringing those interviews to you all throughout this week here on the Russ Belville Show. We're going to start off today by taking a look at Operation Grow for Vets. This is a 501c19, which I had never heard of, but it's a nonprofit veteran service organization. They're helping our veterans with medical marijuana access. You can learn more about that by listening to our interview. Our guest today is Thomas Cashman. That's coming up right after the Cannabis Radio News. Also, we'll look in the activist agenda. We're speaking with Megan Holt. She's with a group called Project PC. And that stands for positive change. And she's the mother of one of those children with severe epilepsy that's gotten such relief from cannabidiol oil. We'll ask her about that and ask her about Project PC and what they're doing to fight for other parents and their right to use this cannabis oil to save their children's lives. We'll also take a look at our government at work. We were joined at the desk by Washington activist Stephanie Viscovich. She stopped by to tell us all about Initiative 1419. This is a great initiative in Washington State that would rectify a lot of the problems that are still left in Washington. No home grow, among others, for our recreational consumers. And also fix a lot of the stuff that's going on with medical cannabis in the state of Washington. Stephanie is a brilliant activist and legal mind. We were glad to have her on the show. So, Stay tuned for that. That's coming up uh, right at half past. And then at the end of the show, we'll have time for a radical rant where uh, I've taken on one of the heavyweights in California marijuana activism, Steve Cubby, one of the uh, co-authors of Prop 215, who thinks we should vote against the Adult Use of Marijuana Act so that you and I can remain criminals in the state of California. I think that's a huge mistake, and I think the reasons that these activists give for fighting against the Adult Use of Marijuana Act are quite suspect, and that uh, that hunch was proven true to me this weekend in a Facebook post by Steve Cubby, where he basically admits that the Adult Use of Marijuana Act would bankrupt a lot of the medical marijuana players in California. 
See, I told you it was all about the prohibition profits. We'll get into depth on that in the Radical Rant coming up at the end of the show. But of course, we start everything off with the Cannabis Radio News. We've got more updates on what's happening in the state of Utah with their medical cannabis bills. We've got a look at Oregon, where their short session has three different cannabis bills we need to talk about. And finally, in the state of Arkansas, they managed to get a medical marijuana proposal past their attorney general. They'll start gathering signatures for medical marijuana in the natural state. We are looking forward to that. Breaking through in the South, if Arkansas can make the ballot and Florida can make the ballot, we could see some major change in 2016 to get some access for patients there in the South. So get all your support to that. Check out the Cannabis Radio News. And of course, check us out on CannabisRadio.com where you can subscribe to the Cannabis Radio News as a daily podcast as well as my show as a daily podcast. We're going to take a break and when we come back, the Cannabis Radio News is up next. I'm Radical Russ. Back in 90 seconds. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, February 22nd, 2016. 
A push to legalize recreational marijuana in Rhode Island has won the support of a top lawmaker. Senate Majority Leader Dominic Ruggiero, a North Providence Democrat, has signed on as a co-sponsor of a bill to treat marijuana like alcohol by legalizing, regulating, and taxing it. The bill's main sponsor in the Senate, Democratic Senator Joshua Miller of Cranston, had introduced his long-shot legislation for several years without success, but said there is more momentum this year. Other lawmakers might take the legislation more seriously when there's support from people in leadership positions, Miller said. Utah lawmakers last Friday considered two competing marijuana plans, including one that recently received a significant blow when the Mormon church announced opposition to it. That proposal would have allowed tens of thousands of residents with certain chronic conditions to consume edible pot products, but banned smoking pot. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints said last week that it worries the measure would have unintended consequences. Supporters said they worried that opposition would be a heavy blow to the measure because the majority of Utah lawmakers are members of the church. The bill would put Utah in line with more than 20 other states with medical marijuana programs, according to its sponsor, Republican Senator Mark Madsen of Eagle Mountain. Marijuana has attracted many labels in its time. On Friday, Colorado lawmakers debated whether the state should give the drug one more often associated with purple carrots than purple haze, certified organic marijuana labels. Colorado started work Friday on becoming the first state to regulate organic labels in its pot industry, with other legal weed states watching to see whether they, too, should step in to help consumers wondering what's on their weed. Organic standards are regulated federally, and pot remains illegal at the federal level, meaning there's nothing stopping commercial pot growers from calling their wares organic. Consumer confusion over organic marijuana peaked in Colorado earlier this year when Denver Health Authority seized thousands of marijuana plants from growers suspected of using off-limits chemicals on their plants. Most of the plants were ultimately released, but some were sold with names that suggested the products were natural or organic. A marijuana-related proposal that would allow out-of-state investors to enter the Oregon pot industry cleared its first major hurdle in the Oregon legislature last week. Three proposals that would alter the ways in which legal marijuana is bought, sold, and regulated in Oregon gained momentum at the Capitol last week with relatively minimal debate or discord among partisan policymakers, pleasing many industry advocates who had been rallying for the changes. Some of the issues these proposals addressed were, by contrast, points of dispute just a year ago when lawmakers were laying the groundwork to legalize marijuana. Last Tuesday, House Bill 4094, a measure that would exempt banks from state criminal liability for doing business with the marijuana industry, moved to the Senate after gaining almost unanimous support in the House by a 56-3 vote. Later that afternoon, a committee of both House and Senate lawmakers tasked with rolling out legalization unanimously approved Senate Bill 1511, which proposed to allow recreational dispensaries to sell medical marijuana to patients tax-free, affording businesses and consumers more options and convenience. Another pot proposal, House Bill 4014, cleared the House last Monday with broad support in a 48-11 to vote. That bill, now up for Senate approval, would allow out-of-state investors to enter Oregon's burgeoning pot industry by rescinding the existing two-year residency requirement on licensed applicants. Arkansas Attorney General Leslie Rutledge approved on Wednesday the language and format of a proposed constitutional amendment that would legalize medical marijuana in the state. Supporters will now have to collect about 85,000 signatures to make the November ballot. 
Rutledge had rejected the five previous medical marijuana proposals submitted to her, asserting in each case that their titles were too ambiguous. Earlier this month, Rutledge rejected a proposal that backers dubbed the Arkansas Cannabis Amendment. The amendment Rutledge approved this week is called the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Amendment of 2016, which was submitted by Little Rock attorney David Couch. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, February 22nd, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. This is Cannabis Facts from Robert Platchorn's TheSilverTour.org. Supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. In 1937, the second most prescribed medicine, marijuana, was banned. It wasn't about marijuana. The paper, oil, and chemical industries lobbied to end hemp farming. No longer labor-intensive, an acre of hemp produced more quality paper than four acres of trees. Plastics and fibers could be produced from a plant. Hemp can even produce ten times the energy of today's ethanol. As marijuana prohibition ends, many states now allow farmers to again grow hemp. This was Cannabis Facts from the Silvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to process America's hemp crop at hempinc.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our cannabis focus. Welcome back, everybody. 14 after the hour. And for my money, the best activism we've got going today in many respects is the movement to get medical marijuana to our veterans uh, from those in the Vietnam era, the Gulf War era even leading up to Iraq and Afghanistan vets that are returning home to this day. And there's a great group out there called Grow for Vets that is helping those veterans get their medical cannabis and learn how to use it properly to treat their post-traumatic stress, their traumatic brain injuries, or other sorts of pain like neuropathic pain that they might be suffering from the loss of a limb or other injuries. So we go back to the Canacon in Seattle where last weekend I was able to speak to one such veteran fighting for Grow for Vets. Enjoy. Hey everybody, Radical Russ here on the second floor of Canacon on day three of the event. We're here at the desk for Grow for Vets, the United States. I've met some of the Grow for Vets going on in Oregon. Tell folks your name and tell folks about Grow for Vets.
501c nonprofit dedicated to uh, connecting veterans up with uh, healthy homeostatic medicine that we call cannabis. That's a beautiful thing. So how how does this work? Do you recruit growers who then donate product? Do you have people donate to you money that you then get product? I mean, what's the operation? We have growers that donate product. We have dispensary owners that give us give us discounts. Um, we take cash donations through our website, www.grow4vets.org. That's all spelled out about the number. Um, and more importantly, we have a membership that gets together, we talk, we exchange ideas. Instead of sitting in the VFW drinking whiskey and stuff and video poker machines <laughs> telling war stories, we get together, we smoke, we get well, and we talk about the future. You know, when I think of veterans, I think of the military, it tends to be a little bit more conservative, politically speaking. Is there any pushback from veterans organizations, VFW, VA, any of these guys about your organization, or are they kind of cool with it? Well, there is some criticism of our organization from veterans that don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, in their minds, it will forever be an illicit drug. Yeah. When really, it's more like a thing. It's a bias that we're slowly getting past. And with every vet that gets a good night's sleep, every vet that leaves their pain and their suffering with cannabis, we get three more. Yeah. And vets talk to each other. I mean, it's the it's the kind of camaraderie, whether you're Vietnam era, Gulf War era, Iraq, Afghanistan era, you have the shared experiences no one else in civilian life can really understand at the deep level. And I think as those heart-to-heart conversations happen, you know, how do you deal with the, the, the PTS and how do you deal with other situations? And they hear cannabis works. I think that's going to spread. Uh, do you have educational outreach you do for veterans? We do. Wow, that's fantastic. And of course, you know, in addition to traumatic brain injury, post-traumatic stress, and, and some of the mental conditions that can result from war, we've got vets coming back for physical conditions, amputations, and, and, and injuries that can be so benefited by medical use of cannabis. What have you learned from the vets that are using the cannabis? What sort of stories do you hear from them? Ah. It's, it's the camaraderie. It's yeah. the generative thinking that, that comes from that environment. The way it calms the souls and, and enables us to communicate. Which sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm stoned, I can't speak. No. You, if you weren't stoned, you would be speaking and thinking you were making sense. <laughs> I really feel like it, it, the social aspect is probably the most therapeutic, especially for the vets, regardless of what their particular injury yeah, and, and we're starting to make progress. We've got uh, you know the VA starting to relent a little bit on allowing at least veterans in the medical states to talk with doctors about cannabis and not lose their opioid pain regimens or other punishments that we get. Um, I just I hope that we can get this changed for all vets in all states because all 50 states fight for our freedom, not just 23. That's correct. 
And you know what, Russ? We're not going to stop until every veteran has the choice. We're not done until every veteran has the choice to use it or not. But the choice is important. That's right. When it comes down to it, it's not even about cannabis. It's about freedom. That's right. And if you can carry a rifle in the sand, you should be able to put a joint in your hand. That's what I always say. Freedom on, grab a bone. <laughs> it's growforvets.org. That's all words. Grow, F-O-R, vets.org for more information. Uh, are d- donations are tax deductible? Donations are tax deductible as we are Fantastic news. Well, thanks for joining us here on the Russ Belville Show for CannabisRadio.com, and good luck with Grow for Vets. Boot to the head. soon to a city near you cannabis finance boot camp get all your cannabis accounting legal and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom whether you're a grower dispensary operator or a newcomer to the field your cannabis needs cannabis finance boot camp for information on upcoming events visit cannabisfinancebootcamp.com Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Activism begins with ACT. The Rush Belleville Show features the stories of hardworking grassroots activists working for an end to prohibition in today's activist agenda. Good day, tokers and tokens and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here at day three of Canacon, a beautiful Saturday. The sun is shining. I'm standing here at on the second floor at the Grow for Vets booth, and we've got a very beautiful guest joining us. Tell folks your name. 
What does Project PC mean? It's amazing, and we've heard this story uh, beginning with uh, uh, Charlotte Feige and some of the other parents uh, of these children who are getting such remarkable, remarkable benefit from these cannabis oils. Is this the CBD oil we hear so much about, and has there been any difficulties trying to dial that in? I've had one. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. We, we were having pain issues. She sent some medication. Um, her supplier suggested, you know what? Let's give her some extra THC. And Maddie went nine weeks without a seizure and stopped needing the intensive care unit for her stones. And now she has kidney stones at Wow. Wow, this is an amazing story. Now, are you based here in Washington State? Project PC is the organization now. Uh, what sort of political, social, or personal hurdles have you had to overcome to get this medication to your daughter? So, personally, um, I was really smart. I got educated before I did anything. I got an authorization. And then, once I realized that I'm taking 
If folks want to help out, want to learn more about Project PC, can you give them some contact information? Yeah. What an amazing turnaround. Thanks to medical cannabis use and thanks to you for your 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 persistence and, and your dedication to your child. Not only are you helping your child out, you're helping so many other mothers, so many other fathers out there with their children. We appreciate everything you're doing. Check out Project PC and again, give them the website. Thank you so much for taking time with us here on the Russ Belville Show on CannabisRadio.com at Canacon, and good luck to you and your daughter. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Reforming America's marijuana prohibition laws takes education, lobbying, and voting. From Washington, D.C. to your state capitol to your city hall, marijuana law reform involves all levels of civic life. Learn how you can make your impact with elected officials as we take a look at our government at work. Good day, tokers and toquettes. Radical Russ here back at the desk for Canacon Day 3 here in Seattle, Washington. 
getting toward the late afternoon, and we've got another visitor here at the desk with a clipboard and a petition, and that means it's important. So tell folks your name and tell folks about I-1419. So I am Stephanie Viscovich, and I helped edit I-1419, which is a people's initiative by uh, cannabis consumers for cannabis consumers. And this is pretty much a grassroots initiative from the cannabis community to try to undo a lot of the things that legislation has uh, passed in the last few years that have really, really hurt cannabis consumers, both in the medical market and in the recreational market. So um, the title on this is Compassionate Use for Adults and No LCB for Cannabis, which is kind of a big deal in LCB being Liquor Control Board here liquor. in Washington. Yes, um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a politics going around and, and policy rules that are changing with uh, the recreational system here in Washington State, and a lot of people pissed off. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. Sure. No, that's fine. Um, from producers, processors, retailers, from having a very difficult time working with the Liquor Control Board, not feeling like they're being held accountable, um, feeling like they're making rules and policy that aren't actually following what state law intended. So this would create a new regulatory board, both for medical and recreational, um, voted on by the people and elected uh, board from different specialty people within the community, uh, lab techs, doctors, actually patients themselves, to get a really good, well-rounded idea of what we need to do to be progressive and move forward. But that's not the only thing that this initiative is about. It is kind of like the Hail Mary of initiatives for uh, medical cannabis patients. Um, As you know, 5052 passed this last session in 2015, and it eliminated so many patient rights. home grows and, uh, you know, destroying access points and making it so you're actually now a felon to pass a joint back and forth from one person to another. Yeah, crazy. Right? So when, when 502 first passed, Pete Holmes was saying, okay, just rip up your ticket. It's no big deal. What the heck's the city going to do? Well, 5052 implemented a new court system to regulate cannabis offenses specifically in Washington state. So now where you used to have the option of ripping up that ticket, you can't do that anymore, and they are going to hold you liable, and you are going to be a felon all over again just for smoking your legal joint yeah. here in Washington State. So, What, what was the part about uh, the grow rights? Patients can't grow at home anymore? You know, they can. However, they've made it really, really intrusive to, to do that. They've limited the amount of plants that patients can have in their home. From 15 down to 6 per patient. And a lot of patients who are in terminal conditions need way more medicine than is going to be produced off of 6 plants. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want more than 6 plants, if your doctor says that you need more than 6 plants, then the state wants you to put a camera system into your home so the liquor control board can monitor it to make sure that no black market activity is going on. So had they shown evidence that there was a lot of black market activity going on before they instituted this rule? Not to my knowledge. Okay. (laughs) So uh, oftentimes I think, you know, these guys are uh, searching for solutions where problems don't really exist. And and this could be one of those situations. So uh, 1419 is going to help in that respect. We're going to create a new cannabis-only board. And what are some of the changes that it would also institute? Okay, so it permits the legal private consumption of adults, 21 and over, whether you're medical or recreational, you can pass a joint, not be a felon. Is that just in a private 
situ- situation or does that address the uh, pot club possibility? It is in a private setting. However, this reinstitutes that they can't not allow private clubs, which um, it's unconstitutional for them to pass that anyways. People can smoke in their own home where it's private. Private has nothing to do with public. Right. We need to draw that line in the sand, make it loud and clear that, hey, no, we don't want your cameras in our backyards and in our basements. We know how to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't a big drug ring conspiracy Thing going on. It's patients taking care of patients, you know, at, in its most simple, compassionate form. So th- that's a huge portion. Another thing that it does is it challenges the scheduling classification of cannabis as a Schedule One narcotic. So it doesn't promote to move it to a Schedule Two or Three, but to declassify it entirely, to remove it, because uh, as a Schedule Two or Three, you have to have a, a lethal point of overdose, yeah. right? So cannabis could never be a pharmaceutical yeah. based on the fact it can't kill you. Well, Marinol can, Yes, and, but, and, but and, cannabis can't. And, and, and uh, Schedule 2 is Coke and meth. Schedule 3 is Oxy and Ritalin. So, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're way below that. Yeah. Are we talking uh, challenging the federal schedule or is there also a Washington state schedule? There's a Washington state scheduling. And so that's actually Chapter 6950, I believe, of Washington state RCW code. Um Pretty much Washington State has adopted the Controlled Substances Act into its own legislation. Kind of a cut and paste? Yeah. And copy and paste. I mean, we've, we've got supremacy clause, right? So everything's going to revert back to the highest thing. But we've also got the independence on the state level to make our own rules and regulations for the people by the people based on the will of the people. Yeah. And the will of the people was to legalize this for medical 20 yeah. years ago yeah. and legalize it for recreational purposes back in 2012. So right. it's like, okay, we take one step forward, 10 steps back <laughs> always. And so, you know, we used to think that we could pass bills one at a time and like sneak it in there and just make it so simple they couldn't say no but everything seems to have just gotten really messy really quick yeah. and a lot of people too many hands on the steering wheel right now and gotcha. so that's why I say this is our Hail Mary so <laughs> you know no felony for passing joints challenging the scheduling in the state of Washington it would also protect employee me, uh, employees from job loss for having cannabis in UAs yes. unless it's specifically stated in the job contract you can't smoke pot ever to work here they can't use that as an excuse to fire you. That's good to hear. Yeah. Along the same lines with that, uh, we're still having discrimination for uh, transplant patients mm. all over the country, not just in Washington. But we want to start here to say, hey, we are not going to disqualify you from having a kidney transplant that might be life-saving, yeah. solely predicated on the fact that you have THC in your system. Well, what if your other doctor's writing it for you for kidney troubles and you you know you're just boosting your endocannabinoid system and it's a good thing well you're going to suffer you're not going to get your life-saving transplant surgery so yeah the first i heard of that was a washington case tim garen uh, a a seattle musician who needed a life-saving liver transplant and they said oh no we got to kick you off his doctor recommended medical cannabis because he said you know all these painkillers are bad for your liver and medical cannabis isn't. Let's give you some of that. And then it turned out that his other doctor said, we got to kick you off the transplant list unless you're sober for six months. He died two weeks later. So, yeah, wow. this is t- terrifying and terrible that this still goes on anywhere, and I'm glad you're fighting for that. Yeah, so it, it's, it seems prehistoric, you know, where we're at with legislation. So it's like, okay, well, maybe if we can get this initiative um, through, we can catch them up to speed on 
real issues that people are dealing with today. Um, another one of those issues is a huge one. I'm sure you know Kristen Floor. Yes, just spoke to her earlier today. So this would remove nonviolent cannabis offenders um, from prison. If it's only a, a cannabis-related crime, it would also you know, wipe felonies off of people's records That's that good. are pot-related, only pot-related offenses. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. These, uh, these boards that are created to regulate both medical and recreational would reevaluate the tax system, you know, because right now uh, the recreational market is getting totally bled out by such a high percentage of tax, and 5052's intent was to get more stores open for medical patients to have access at the cheapest price possible to compete with the black market. Right. That can't exist because you only can grow six plants now, <laughs> right? <laughs> so... So um, what this does is it reevaluates the taxes and drops that down so people can get really good product for really little money. Well, I'm, I'm currently able to get a half ounce of good uh, cannabis in Vancouver, Washington for 45 to $65. Holy How much moly. lower will this go? Well, it, it, it would... <laughs> 45 to 65 sounds pretty good to me. You I know, mean, what's the prices up here in Seattle? Um... Gosh, it really ranges depending yeah. on what shop you go to. Yeah. It really ranges. But, you know, overall, I think you add it up and the taxes are, what, 47.5% by the time the yeah, patient's the able to get it out of the door. Yeah. So, you know, it would eliminate that margin at least another 17.5%, if not more, if okay. the board decide, decided. Okay. So that $43 half a- ounce is... Anything we decrease the price by, I'm for. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good. Um, let's see. It would remove medical cannabis patient registries from being a, a Washington state mandated thing until um, federal descheduling. Gotcha. So we don't want to be on a list if we're not going to be protected. So, right. So protect us first. So um, along those same lines, in uh, when 5073 was partially vetoed by Greg Wire back mm-hmm. in Washington state, she vetoed all this stuff that people in the medical community were really hoping would go through. It was protection from arrest and prosecution and property forfeitures and seizures. We don't have that. So it's like everybody's still sticking their neck out for legalization and it's just absolutely crazy that the state's not protecting us in the meanwhile when it was the will of the people that we wanted this to be a new implemented system in Washington State anyway. So it restores those protections for the first time and it also restores... The original limit set from the Department of Health's standards of what a 60-day supply is, which was 35 ounces per person Mm -hmm. and 100-square-foot canopy grow per patient for for their household. Right. And it's funny, uh, interesting, that 100-square-foot, that's the 10-by-10 garden. In previous legalization tries, I've heard people say, oh, 10-by-10 garden isn't enough. But it sounds like what you're saying is that's what is recommended, a 10-by-10. For a 60-day supply, yeah. For two-month supply, yeah. Absolutely, because there's still areas in Washington State that have moratoriums or have, like, a funky zone, and there's still patients there, and they might have to drive 100 miles to get to their closest rec shop. And with the taxes, they can't afford the medicine that they're going to get there anyway, so it makes more sense for them to grow maybe once a year, have have their uh, stockpile, and then when they run out, they go to the store. There you go. You know, and it's... you know, nothing, um, no, no bad intent with them, you know, growing. It's, it's solely for their own sure. medical purposes, sure. right? So, 
Um, let's see what else this thing has. Oh, it creates language for cannabis refugees in Washington State. Oh, good. State. So uh, reciprocity for other uh, uh, states' medical cards? Yeah, reciprocity for that. Um, full access for them, but protections um, that any other medical patient in Washington State would have from arrest and prosecution and property forfeitures and seizures if they're in the state of Washington and they are in possession of medical cannabis and have some type of run-in with the law, they would have the same type of protections that any other patient in Washington State would because a lot of uh, other states don't have adequate access to medical cannabis either. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, And then there's like three more really big points. Uh, One is it protects local banks to have green-friendly banking, which is super important. It would require video proof of impairment for DUIDs. And that Good. is a, a huge... There we go. That is, that's huge <laughs> medical or non-medical at this point. Oh, man. I was no on 502 hard because the 5 nanograms per milliliter is just not a, a scientifically accurate way of, of testing somebody's uh, cannabis saturation, especially if you're using it on a daily basis for medical needs. I, I, I'm not even medical, but I use daily, and I guarantee I'm at 5 when I wake up easily. Not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, most most people are, right? <laughs> so, and then the last last bit of this would, to have uh, vigorous, pr- vigorous protection from the Attorney General um, to defend the original nif- initiative in its entirety as the will of the people. So not this whole push-pull effect that we're getting uh, from the AG. In all of these situations, they're being pulled from the federal government and then pulled from the state and then pulled from the people. So this would just lay it out for him. Okay, you have to defend this. This is the will of the people. You know, we collected all 246,000 signatures that we needed. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't speak volumes, I don't know what else does. Right. So so really, it's just to get some basic um, protections for medical and rec users. Rec users would also be allowed to grow. Like, yes. Like Colorado. Finally, home grow. Colorado, Oregon, you can have yeah. like six... Six Six plants plants in Colorado, four in Oregon, uh, six in Alaska, 12 in Washington, D.C. And none in Washington. That's so weird. zero in Washington. Right. So this would get us a little bit more caught up with uh, other states that are being more progressive um, at at this time. All right. Initiative 1419, Compassionate Use for Adults, No LCB for Cannabis. We're speaking with Stephanie Viscovich on this. And how many signatures do you need? When do you need them? We need roughly 246,000 signatures by July 7th or 8th, I believe. Okay, so uh, we're looking at, let's see, uh, March, April, May, June, July, about five months worth of signature gathering going. 240, 250,000, plus you need another 25, 30%, so maybe 300,000 signatures you're aiming for? Yeah, as many as we can get. Yeah. <laughs> like, More the better. Every single person who had an access point that got shut down, that their patients are now disgruntled or, or sick or hurt or dying, or somebody has a family relative that, you know, it's affecting them to see them going without their medicine and just how ridiculous it all, it all is to not have the access. So anyone who can get involved, we're looking for volunteers. We're looking for people to help gather signatures. We're looking for donations if you're you're willing to contribute to the campaign so we can have a little bit more assistance on this. So anybody who can help out in any capacity will take it. All right. How can they get in touch with you to do that? Um, let's see. So the best person to get a hold of is Kurt Ludden. And he is at C-U-W-A- 216 or 2016 at gmail.com 
So Compassionate Use Washington 2016 is what it's supposed to stand for. Gotcha. C-U-W-A-2016 at gmail.com. All right. That'll uh, get you the information you need for Initiative 1419. Let's keep it up, folks. Keep improving these laws. It's not enough to just pass them because, like you said, you take one step forward, they want to pull you three steps back, and we got to keep marching forward. Initiative 1419 would do that. C-U-W-A-2016.org. Stephanie Viskovich, thanks for joining us here at the desk. And Thank you. Have a great show. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today, or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. They make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it, and didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. In every election since 2010, I have donned my screen beret to do battle with the keyboard commandos online who smoke pot and oppose legalization. This year, it's the Adult Use of Marijuana Act in California, otherwise known as the Sean Parker Initiative, that legalizes possession of an ounce of marijuana, legalizes the sharing of up to an ounce of marijuana, legalizes the home cultivation of up to six cannabis plants, legalizes the possession of all of the harvest from those plants, and legalizes pot shops and public toking lounges. Now, I don't know if I coined the phrase or if I borrowed it, but I call these people stoners against legalization. And now I have damning proof from one of the pioneers of Prop 215 that it's the medical marijuana prohibition profits, not the medical marijuana patients, that they're protecting. These folks claim to support true legalization, so they get all upset when I call them like I see them. They always cloak their opposition in some doom and gloom scenario 
where legalization imperils medical marijuana patients. They often forecast incredible price hikes resulting from increasing the size of the marijuana market. They inevitably say the legalization in question isn't really legalization because there will remain criminal penalties for breaking the law. Well, if criminal penalties involving fines and jail for the unauthorized production of an ingestible product exist, then I guess since I can't sell raw milk, dairy farming isn't really legal. I guess since I can't home brew more than 100 gallons of beer, beer isn't really legal. I guess since I can't just catch shellfish and sell them on the street corner, fishing isn't really legal. As for the price hikes, I heard it before with Washington's I-502. Oh, it's going to raise the price of weed to $600 an ounce. Meanwhile, I can go to Main Street Marijuana in Vancouver, Washington, and buy a half ounce of Durban Poison for $65, or a half ounce of Timerec for $45, and that's with the 37% state tax and the local sales taxes. And then there's their fallback, the medical marijuana angle. And indeed, medical marijuana has been drastically changed since the legalization of marijuana in Washington and Oregon by their legislatures. Both I-502 and Measure 91 changed not one aspect of the medical marijuana laws. And and Measure 91 even specifically said three times the medical marijuana laws were not to be modified. The stoners against legalization are suffering from the post hoc ergo propter hoc fallacy. Well, because A happened and then B happened, A must have caused B. Notably absent in any reckoning why their legislatures would so dramatically alter medical marijuana laws is any accounting of the widespread abuses of those laws. No, no, it's never medical marijuana's fault that medical marijuana got changed. It's always the fault of trying to protect the other 80% of pot smokers like me from arrest and jail. My contention has always been that the stoners against legalization are motivated by keeping the prohibition profits status quo, whether they be growers who would never accept a real farmer's salary, dispensaries that like the lack of capitalized competition, doctors who enjoy the ease of signing permission slips for profit all day, and black market dealers who don't want to lose their customers to a well-lit store with better selection and prices. Oh, and what a status quo it is. California's medical marijuana, plus former Governor Schwarzenegger's decrim, is the perfect mix of quasi-legalization and prohibition that keeps risk low and profits high. It's just legal enough that you can grow and sell and possess without really fearing the man, but just illegal enough that you can still charge $100 to $150 per half ounce of it. Well, now I have proof that the real fear of the stoners against legalization is primarily financial, thanks to a long series of Facebook bouts with Steve Cubby. Steve Cubby is the CEO of Cush Inc., Cush Magazine, you might know, and the founder of Cannabis Science Inc., and one of the many claimed authors of Prop 215. He was a college roommate of Cheech Marin's and may even be the subject of a reality show. When he's not busy calling me a, quote, bootlicking moderate, a, quote, narc, or a, quote, brown noser, 
He is busy littering his Facebook wall with photos of his luxurious millionaire lifestyle. But in our latest go-round, Cubby slipped from the usual talking points of me appeasing the oligopolis, or me damning the patients, or all we need is Prop 215, which by the way I helped write, to this revealing post. Quote, Russ Belville sure sounds like an arc. He calls the current free market an unregulated Wild West, sees growers as greedy, and advocates taxing and regulating as if weed is as dangerous as plutonium. Worst of all, he has no problem if his Adult Use of Marijuana Act bankrupts the very pioneers who have gotten us to where we are today. End quote. And there you have it, folks. You and me and all the rest of the adults in California who aren't sick and won't lie to doctors should continue to accept possession tickets, should continue to accept sharing misdemeanors, and should continue to accept growing felonies. Because, gosh, we wouldn't want to bankrupt the people in the 1990s who said their medical marijuana mission was all about compassion and not profits, right? Now, of course, this is the part where they complain that we don't have to lie to a doctor because all use is medical. And then they'll give you the rundown how if you're a regular pot smoker, you already have the legitimate medical need for marijuana. Now, never mind how that all use is medical framing made such a joke out of medical marijuana in California that 20-somethings line up at a dock in a tent at a cannabis event to get recommendations for their anxiety before they attend a rap concert. Never mind how scene after scene of all those all-use-is-medical people royally screwed any attempt to get reasonable whole-plant medical marijuana laws passed in more conservative states eastward, The funny part to me is how the stoners against legalization want to paint me as the supporter of monopolies. They want to paint me as the appeaser of governments when they're fighting to maintain a system that protects the monopoly that pot docs have on writing permission slips for marijuana use, backed by the threat of government fines and arrest and imprisonment, that keeps the price of marijuana artificially high, that allows city and county governments to continue instituting indoor and outdoor medical marijuana grow bans and protects the entrenched dispensaries from well-capitalized professional business people. Yeah, it's no surprise why we've got stoners against legalization fighting tooth and nail against the Adult Use of Marijuana Act because legalization crashes prices. End of story. You can see it in every state that's legalized so far. They like the apple cart just the way it is. They don't want to rock the boat. They like quasi-legalization because it keeps their profits high. That's all the time we got for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Radical Russ. Until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. Take a seat, you plan it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it.
you take a scene, you plan it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a scene, you plan it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Or you can tow. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Portland, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the snoopy, snoopy poop dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. And is it real? We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of ganja graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer-mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical, Russ Belleville. Welcome back, Tokers and Tokets and non-Token Brothers of Liberty. It's Radical Russ here. Hour 2 Toker Talk Radio is in effect. Thanks for joining us. I do have to warn you, we've got no live calls today. The phone lines are shut down today for reasons I'll explain tomorrow. But uh, nothing sinister. Just uh, not taking calls today. But uh, looking forward to talking to you on today's show because... So much going on right now in uh, marijuana legalization. If you've been following my MarijuanaPolitics.com columns and my HighTimes.com columns, you'll know that I've been taking on the stoners against legalization. Those people who say, we can't vote for the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. It's a piece of shit. It's 62 pages long, and that's way too long because, you know, if, if a law is too long, that means it's bad. And uh, we got to reject it. We got to keep prohibition for another two years at least because medical marijuana is all we need. Prop 215 is perfect. Everybody should just go lie to their doctor and get a recommendation. And it's all good. We can we can just avoid having any sort of legalization this year in California. It's uh, frustrating as hell to me because we have a situation here where we have a funded shot at marijuana legalization. million already raised, already in the bank, ready to go for marijuana legalization. And the legalization we're talking about is not that dissimilar from the marijuana legalization we've got in four states already. Now, these legalizations aren't perfect. There's problems in Colorado and Oregon and Alaska and especially in Washington with their no home grow and per se DUID. But I guarantee you things are far better for cannabis consumers, far better for cannabis growers in all four of those states thanks to marijuana legalization. 
We've seen 63% of all charges in Washington state relating to marijuana disappear. That's just legalizing an ounce. No home grow. And that's not just the one ounce cases that went away. We're talking all marijuana charges, possession of pounds of it, cultivating fields of it. All marijuana charges dropped by 63%. That's almost two out of three people who used to get busted for weed in Washington State who are no longer getting busted for weed. And it's even better in Colorado. In Colorado, where they have legalized home grow, all charges have dropped by 80%. Four out of five people in Colorado who used to get busted for possessing or growing weed are no longer getting busted for possessing or growing weed. As I mentioned in the, in the rant just a second ago, it's all about protecting the status quo. It's all about protecting the prohibition profits. There's a lot of people who like things just the way they are, and in no place are they better for the people who like prohibition profits than in the state of California. You got this medical marijuana that allows you to grow and possess with impunity if you got a doctor's note in some places in California. And you got Governor Schwarzenegger's decrim that makes it only a ticket if you're caught without a medical marijuana recommendation in less than an ounce. So the, the consumers, they don't have a lot of risk. They don't have a lot, of, a lot to fear if they go buy a half ounce or have a friend get them a quarter at the dispensary. The dispensaries don't have a lot to fear because they've got this quasi-legal operation going on. And the people supplying the dispensaries don't have a lot to fear because the, they're medical marijuana growers, right? But, but they still get to charge those prohibition prices. You still see $300 ounces in Los Angeles dispensaries because it's still just illegal enough, just prohibited enough, just enough risk that we can continue to charge the inflationary prices. And, and the thing about this that blows me away is how my opponents, how the people that are all pissed off at me, that somehow think the Adult Use of Marijuana Act campaign is paying me. And by the way, folks, no campaign has ever paid me. Prop 19 didn't pay me. I-502 didn't pay me. Measure 91 didn't pay me. The Responsible Ohio didn't pay me. I don't need to be paid to support legalization, folks. It's in my own best interest. I don't need to be paid for that. I don't need to be paid to have the sense to say, hey, I'm a criminal right now, and if I vote for this, I won't be. Seems like common sense to me. And, and the thing that really, just really cracks me up about this whole situation is how these people are quite often the people that I call tilters, you know, treat it like tomatoes. They got this idea that marijuana ought to be treated like tomatoes. Never mind the simple, unalterable, obvious fact that tomatoes do not get you high. They, they, can't even, they can't even approach a serious discussion with this with the mainstream, with the average voter, if they're going to have the attitude that, it, that marijuana ought to be treated like tomatoes. Because nobody out there, not a single soccer mom or NASCAR dad out there, is afraid of their kid hopping the neighbor's fence stealing some tomatoes out of the garden and taking them to school to get high and to sell. Nobody's afraid of that. So this is a complete 
red herring sort of an argument to treat it like tomatoes. But let's take this argument at face value that these people really believe marijuana ought to be treated like tomatoes. And, and, and by that, what they mean is you ought to be able to grow marijuana. It shouldn't take any licenses or registrations. There shouldn't really be any limits on it so long as you're just, you know, nobody tells you how many tomatoes you can plant in your backyard. There shouldn't be any possession limits on the tomatoes. You should be able to give tomatoes to each other. You should have farmer's markets where the growers of the tomatoes can sell directly to the consumers of the tomatoes. Yada, 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 yada. Yeah. And that's all great. And in fact, I actually have a lot in common with them in that respect. So long as we'll admit that tomatoes get you high. So it can never be treated as lax as tomatoes. We will need to keep the tomatoes out of the reach of kids. We will need to show the public that we're doing what we can to stop the kids from getting their hands on the tomatoes. So this is what cracks me up, is that my opponents claim to be these treat-it-like-tomatoes people that seek the true freedom for marijuana. And they claim that I'm the guy who's the appeaser of governments, that I'm bowing down, that I'm a bootlicking moderate because I believe that we should at least pass something that gets us closer to treating it like tomatoes. And here's the, here's the rub. Here's where it's funny as hell. They want to paint me as the guy that's sucking up to the government when they're the ones supporting the current system where the government requires you to go get a note from a doctor and maintains that doctor's monopoly over the access to the tomatoes through the threat of tickets, fines, arrests, and imprisonment. They're the ones that are supporting a system where even if I get the doctor's permission slip to have my little tomato garden, thanks to court decisions, my city or county can ban me from planting my little tomato garden. And I'm the one who's supporting that you ought to be able to have and possess and eat tomatoes without getting a ticket, that you ought to be able to plant a little tomato garden in your home without getting a felony, that you don't need to get a doctor's note to do either of those things, and you can't be punished by the police if you don't have that doctor's note, And I'm going to give you a place to eat the tomatoes with other people. Right now, there's no restaurants where you can eat tomatoes. But under my plan, you could share tomatoes with other adults and eat them in certain licensed public venues. And best of all, even if you have your doctor's note and your city or county wants to ban your little indoor tomato garden, what I support would prevent them from being able to do that. The irony of this whole debate is by supporting the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, I'm the one who's getting marijuana to be treated closer to tomatoes than what it currently is under Prop 215. All right, look, folks, we got to take a break. We'll come back with more talk here on Toker Talk Radio on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks. I'm Radical Russ. Back in 90 seconds. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a Resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has National Resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Let's go back a minute to the Canacon 2016 that took place this last weekend in Seattle, Washington. I got the chance to visit with a brand new host on the CannabisRadio.com network. It's Ken, and he's with PayQuick, which is a company that helps the cannabis industries get the financial services they need. Here we go, back to Seattle, Washington. This happened last Saturday. Welcome back, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here on the second floor, day three, Canacon in Seattle, Washington. And I'm here with Ken from PayQuick. Hi, Ken. How you doing? Great. we got a lot to talk about. Let's start with PayQuick. What exactly is PayQuick? Wow, this is a perfect solution. I know I live on PayPal uh, as a writer and a contractor. This sounds like a perfect sort of solution. But how does this comport with all the problems I hear about banking and IRS and that sort of situation for marijuana uh, businesses? Assessments. We check for two things. One, we make sure they're in compliance with state law. 
Number two, we make sure their business is not implicating any of the eight enforcement priorities in the pool number. Right. When you, when you do that, under the FinCEN guidelines, the money is safe for deposit in any financial institution. Right, right, right. And because we do that, we can get Wow. And so what about uh, fees and uh, percentages that people might need to know as far as the costs? So from the uh, businessman's point of view, business person's point of view, they got to look at this as what is the cost of the fee versus what is the cost of having to deal with all the hassles of the banks and the pickups and, and, and all the regulations that you have to deal with. Is there any danger to their PayQuick account if they're not in compliance? Okay, that's great. Great to hear. So if people want to know more about this, where do they go? Just PayQuick.com? Yes, and uh, we don't know how to spell here. <laughs> so we, it's And not only, folks, are you going to be able to learn more about PayQuick by going to that website, but uh, the other thing we needed to talk to is Ken and PayQuick are soon going to be colleagues of ours on CannabisRadio.com. Tell us about your upcoming show and how that will help people out.
So watch for the show coming up soon on CannabisRadio.com, also available by podcasts. So while you're sitting there in that awful Seattle commute, you can be listening and learning and not making the same mistakes other people have learned. Ken, thanks so much for joining the network and for what you're doing with PayQuick. We appreciate your time. All right, stay tuned. We'll be back with more from Canacon right after this. Get your own medicinal marijuana cards. That's weird. How did Steve Cubby end up in my feed? Anyway, folks, it's 420 here in the Pacific Time Zone. Time for us to take our union-mandated safety briefing. You know we're very interested in being safe here. Let me give a shout-out to my friends at ShinePapers.com for their gift of 24-karat gold rolling papers. And to the guys at CustomHerbGrinders.com who made my new Russ Belleville Show Grinder. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. It's time for Cannabis Facts About Alzheimer's from Robert Platshorn's TheSilverTour.org. This message is supported by our donors and Hemp, Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. A new Florida study in the journal Molecular and Cellular Neuroscience found that cannabis promotes the growth of healthy new brain tissue. It can slow the effects of Alzheimer's and may, in fact, be able to halt it entirely. A long-term study by Ohio State University's Professor Gary Wink concludes that people who regularly use marijuana get Alzheimer's at a much lower rate than others. This was Cannabis Facts from thesilvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at hempinc.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Good day, tokers and tokets. Radical Russ here at Canacon Day 2, where Cheryl Schumann has just finished her opening keynote speech for this women-focused day of Canacon. She's currently outside of the seminar room, holding court, taking selfies with fans and talking to people, and uh, just giving up her time, as usual. We'll get a chance here to talk to her in just a second. Cheryl's here taking selfies with everyone. Radical Russ here. Getting my selfie in while we're getting the opportunity. <laughs> what do you guys think of Cheryl's speech today? Awesome. Like Wonderful. That? Inspirational. Yes. Informative. 
Very Thank nice. You. So where are you headed okay. next, Cheryl? I'm going to go down to, well, I'm going to go to Ohio first right. to visit with my mom, and then I'm going to take her to Puerto Rico as soon as she gets well. And I'm also going down to Cabo San Lucas to meet with some of our investors. One of our investors, he, he comes from the Corona Beer Fortune, and he just inherited $7 billion, and he wants to invest it in the cannabis industry. So I'm going to wow. show him how to spend his money. Nice. Any quick words of advice for uh, women entrepreneurs listening to us on today's show? Yes, um, exactly as I had said in my speech, I believe it's very, very important to be active on social media, to have Twitter, Facebook, Instagrams, to start documenting your life and your own personal experience with cannabis, and uh, to share that and be active in the community, whether it be you know following your feed, retweeting news, getting stuff out there, finding their own testimonials, friends, patients in their neighborhood or areas, and start sharing those stories so that other people can become enlightened. And no matter how small a town you're in, or no matter how big of a town you're in, or a rural community, everyone follows social media, and it's a dominant force that I think we can really change the course of history in legalizing cannabis. What strikes you uh, meeting all these great people here at Canacon? What stories have you heard or what tales really motivated you? You want to know something? I mean, even in just taking the pictures with the audience coming back and forth and what I'm going through in my own personal journey with cancer and in my body and now my mom facing the same issues, it's like I... I it touches my heart. You know, yeah. I feel such a sense of family and sisterhood and brotherhood with you guys. And I'm just so grateful that anything that I've done can be of service or inspiration to somebody else. And I think that we can do some really good work here. And when you're touching the hearts of others, it doesn't matter how against cannabis they are. They can't deny that this is a force and we're changing the world. And we're we are continue. changing the world. Follow Cheryl Schumann on all the social media. You'll be glad you did. And uh, everybody, give it up for Cheryl. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I just uh, wanted to play that little snippet from Cheryl Schumann, a friend of mine who delivered the opening keynote address on uh, Friday, I believe it was. Uh, And she did a great job. It is kind of an interesting story behind that. It's uh, 10 in the morning, and she's got to deliver the opening address for this women-centric day. And so she's got her laptop, her uh, Mac laptop with PowerPoint presentation that basically lays out her positions and everything she wants to say to the crowd. And then she's going to open up with what they call in Hollywood a sizzle reel, which is uh, basically clips of your appearances on certain shows. So in Cheryl's case, it's, you know, The View and it's Inside Edition and, you know, Piers Morgan and all these shows that she's been on basically making the case that smart, sophisticated, intelligent, successful women can be cannabis consumers and they can be business people and they can be mothers. So it was a, it was a speech that a lot of people were waiting to hear. Uh, the, the room f- was filling up quite rapidly for 10 in the morning on a Friday. I was there a bit early as they were trying to get things set up. And when I came in, Uh, The tech guy was still trying to get Cheryl's laptop to connect to the projector. Now, to be fair to the tech guy, Cheryl's Macintosh laptop, uh, she could get a new one. Let's just say that. It's one of the older models, okay? And then this, uh, the projector they had, also this big, bulky dinosaur of a projector, didn't even have HDMI uh, connections on it. So it's not hooking up. It's not hooking up. 10 o'clock comes around. And David Rines, who's the head of the MJBA and the MC for the day, 
had to start the show. So he introduces Cheryl. She gets on stage and she's got no PowerPoint. She's got no uh, sizzle reel to go with. So she just starts speaking. She just starts doing her thing right now. I know her pretty well and I can tell she's nervous as hell and she's really flustered by the lack of the, uh, the tech, but the audience couldn't tell that as far as the audience knew here she was just giving this great speech she talked about her background talked about coming up through hollywood working with different celebrities and and getting into the uh getting into normal uh through meeting me and uh getting involved in activism and the whole time she's delivering this tech guy is still trying to fix this laptop to no avail so i finally decide to jump in right i I go over to tech guy and say hey look i've got a Windows laptop sitting at my desk right across the hall, and I've got a projector, and it's working just fine. Do you think it would help if I brought my Windows laptop? He's like, yes, yes, bring your Windows laptop. Okay. So I ran out. I grabbed my Windows laptop. I grabbed my cord, and I bring it back, and he's got the adapter to go from HDMI to VGA, so it's going to hook up okay. Now the problem is, how do we get the files from Cheryl's laptop to my laptop now i had uh, a wi-fi connection but cheryl didn't and so we couldn't email them or beam them in any way and i didn't bring any sort of thumb drive this time fortunately david ryans we called him over asked him if he had a thumb drive he says yes i can get a thumb drive he brings one back and so i grab the mac and i start copying the files over now at this point i gotta tell you i'm not a mac guy I don't know a damn thing about Macs. Uh, They frighten and confuse me. I might as well be an unfrozen caveman lawyer at this point. But I know enough that I can save files. I could pull that off, right? So I saved the PowerPoint file, no problem. Then I try saving the QuickTime movie for the sizzle reel, and it won't save. It just, I can't figure out how to get it to save. And then once I do figure that out, the thumb drive comes back and tells me that it's out of space, not enough space to save the movie. Now, I'm thinking, geez, how big is this movie, right? Like thumb drives are like, you know, four gig, eight gig, 16 gig, and we can't fit a movie. What did you film this in 4K resolution with 7.1 Dolby surround THX or something? I mean, what's going on with the file? Or on the other hand, what's up with this thumb drive? What is it, 2001? <laughs> what is this, like a 256 megabyte thumb drive or something? So one way or the other, I'm not going to be able to get this sizzle reel over. So I, I keep tinkering with it and tinkering with it. And, and again, I'm in f- the front of the, the room at this point. Everyone in the hall can see me. Cheryl has already pointed me out and kind of done a shout out and made me stand up and wave to the audience. So they can see that I'm working on this, right? Every now and then she's shooting me a glance like, is it ready? Is it ready? Is it ready? Finally, finally, within the QuickTime program, I figure out how to do an export and I export the movie at 480p, right? Like low definition. And it was small enough to fit on the thumb drive. We copy it from the thumb drive to share uh, to my laptop. We hook my laptop off up. And the next thing you know, the movie's showing the audio's playing, the PowerPoint's working, and Cheryl managed to deliver the rest of her speech, and it was a hit. The room was full, and as you could hear uh, at the beginning of this segment, after she got done speaking, a whole crowd of people stayed around to talk to her, to take selfies, to get autographs. Uh, it was 
as far as I'm concerned, uh, the highlight of my event, being able to help her out and get that going, and the reaction that so many people had to her speech. So, shout out and big thanks to Cheryl Schumann for everything she's doing for the cannabis community, and to the tech guy there at the uh, <laughs> the tech guy there at the event who, bless his heart, did everything he could to make things happen. It's just a little bit of what's going on here when we do these events for Cannabis Radio and for the cannabis community and these little behind-the-scenes stories that a lot of people don't know are happening to bring this information to us. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll have more to talk about here on Toku Talk Radio, so stick around. I'm Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. I have a package here for Radical Rick. Is there a Radical Rick here? How about a Rick Russ? Any any Rick Russ? Somebody named Freddie Barack has sent him a package. Anybody? What is that? Sounds like a duck. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. 35 after the hour, and I wanted to bring your attention to this story that I picked up in the Orange County Register. Now, you know Orange County, of course, is known for being a conservative county there in Southern California. It's the home of uh, Representative Dana Rohrabacher, as a matter of fact, and also uh, close to the High Times Cannabis Cup that took place, uh, Medical Cannabis Cup that took place in San Bernardino, California. And all this past couple of hours here, I've been going off about the stoners against legalization and medical marijuana in California. 
and how they're fighting against legalization. They're fighting against the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. And I thought this article did a really good job of kind of exposing what a lot of people think is a problem with medical marijuana. Let me just give you a read of this article. It's written by Brooke Edwards Staggs for the Orange County Register, and it begins like so. My husband and I didn't know quite what to expect as a petite woman in neon green scrubs escorted us to a small tent. Waiting at a folding table was a gray-haired plastic surgeon from Los Angeles in a white lab coat. Large headphones covered his ears, and he was snacking on nuts. What is your condition? He asked without making eye contact. His pen was poised above a medical marijuana referral form. I was about to experience firsthand a process the state is working to reform how Californians get medical marijuana cards. I didn't intend to test the system, which has remained largely unregulated in the 20 years since voters approved medical marijuana, but it was my first week on the job as the register's first pot reporter, and I was intent on covering High Times Magazine's Cannabis Cup. I knew going into the San Bernardino Festival that a medicating area would be restricted to medical marijuana cardholders. Within minutes, however, we discovered that all 300 vendors showing off the latest cannabis industry products, and even the food trucks, were in that cordoned off area. The rest of us were limited to attending a concert that wouldn't start for hours and a sparsely populated seminar room. Then we noticed the Green Doctors, a Venice-based business that had set up a mobile clinic just inside the festival. Out front was a sign suggesting ailments that might merit a medical marijuana referral. It included migraines, which I've suffered from since high school, and insomnia, which my husband battles after 20 years in the nightlife industry. We asked a clipboard-wielding man who was buzzing around the entrance how much it cost to get a card. He said $20 for the exam and $25 for the card. We handed over our driver's licenses and each received a two-page form. It had some biographical questions. Then there was a space to list health conditions we've had for six months that we felt might be helped by the use of cannabis. Soon, we were at the table with the doctor. Within a minute, he had signed referrals for us both. He didn't ask us follow-up questions about our condition, and the doctor didn't offer advice as to how we might treat those maladies, such as what type of cannabis would best ease my migraines, or how much my, my husband should consume to help him sleep. Broader concerns about the industry's vetting processes inspired portions of Senate Bill 643, authored by Senator Mike McGuire, a Democrat from Healdsburg. The bill, one of three being rolled out as part of the Medical Marijuana Regulation and Safety Act, requires the state medical board to prioritize discipline of physicians who have repeatedly recommended excessive cannabis or cannabis without a good faith examination. My husband and I didn't realize when we left the doctor's table that our exam was over. We were ushered to a second roped-off area in front of another tent. We expected more medical questions or maybe a physical check. We waited. Then we waited some more. The crowd of mostly young men in the holding area was getting restless. The scent of marijuana and lure of music from the medicating area kept reminding those still on the outside what they were missing. After nearly two hours, it was our turn to head into the second tent. Lucy Khalil, general manager of the Green Doctors, was waiting with a white lab coat on. She told us it was $80 for a three-month referral or $160 for the year. She also encouraged us to splurge for a $25 photo ID card, assuring us it would be the best thing to show police if we were ever stopped. 
We told her we had been quoted a price of $45 out front. She insisted we must have misunderstood the man with the clipboard due to his accent. My husband decided it wasn't worth it and asked for his ID back. Khalil said fine, but it would still be $40 for the exam. Dozens of online Yelp reviews and a Better Business Bureau complaint by people claiming to have been customers of the Venice Beach shop raised bait-and-switch concerns, claiming sidewalk hawkers quoted them a price of $40 that more than doubled before they had cards in hand. Khalil later told me the Green Doctors has never engaged in misleading prices or promotion practices. McGuire's bill, which took effect January 1st, includes a ban on deceptive advertising. Khalil points out that her clinic has to pay to participate in events such as Cannabis Cup. She declined to share the cost or how much money the Green Doctors made during the five-day festival. My husband and I had a choice. We could each be out $40 and two hours, or spend another $40 and step into the heart of the Cannabis Cup. We forked over our debit card, Khalil handed us our driver's licenses, a list of potential cannabis side effects, and certificates with gold foil seals. She quickly secured paper wristbands and set us free to enter the medicating area. Inside, dispensaries were offering free bong hits and marijuana-infused gummy bears. I didn't partake, instead collecting quotes and story ideas. A Santa Ana dispensary owner I spoke with later laughed when I told him how much we had paid. He showed me the website HelloMD, where a video chat with a doctor can get you a 12-month card for $49. He also chuckled about the exam process, saying it's essentially just a formality at this point. Whether California voters approve recreational marijuana use as expected in November isn't as big a deal as some suggest, he added. It's already basically legal. Khalil noted that state law leaves referrals to a physician's discretion. This is just about a doctor's opinion, she said. And to be fair, patients share similar stories about how easy it is to get prescriptions for painkillers and other drugs that can be much more addictive. So that's the story that's up right now in the Orange County Register about people going to a essentially a rap concert and lining up at a tent to ask to be asked a couple of questions by a doctor with headphones on and then suffer the price gouging and bait and switch of being told $45 and it turns into 80 or more and then the alternate to that is to have a video chat with some doctor who'll give you a card for $49 And the justification is that these doctors have to spend money to be at the Cannabis Cup to be able to write these recommendations for people to go into the Cannabis Cup to enjoy marijuana and a rap concert. And these people wonder why legislatures in California and around the country want to put more restrictions on medical marijuana. My God, people. It's just, can you think of any other medication where they've got a doctor out front waiting to do a perfunctory quote-unquote exam on you in order for you to acquire a drug for you to immediately use in a recreational sense? I can't think of anything. The only possibility that even enters my mind is if there was a doctor in a tent outside of a whorehouse examining you to give you prescriptions for Viagra 
that you could then buy for free that you could then buy inside the whorehouse. That would be about the only thing I could think of that would uh, that would even come close to matching this. Now, when I bring this stuff up, people, you know, get real defensive against me. You don't know the true power and cannabis is non-toxic and it's never hurt anybody. It all uses medical and it works for migraines. Yada, yada, yada. Yes, I agree with you. But clearly that woman was not trying to get a recommendation because she was suffering from migraine pain. She was getting it so she could go to a pot expo with a rap concert. Her husband wasn't getting a recommendation because he was intending on taking a nap. He was getting it so he could smoke dope at a rap concert. Now, I got no problem with that. I like smoking marijuana. I like rap concerts. I just don't think the state should be forcing people to have to become a client of a doctor who then tries to price gouge you at an event in order to participate in this. I'm the one who believes that marijuana ought to be used by adults who choose to use it without permission slips from doctors. And, and I wish these people could just go with me to Texas or Georgia or Virginia or any of these red states that I travel to where this very story is why they can't get whole plant medical marijuana passed. This type of story coming out of California or Washington or Oregon is exactly why Pennsylvania does not have medical marijuana yet. It's exactly why Texas does not have medical marijuana yet. Virginia, Georgia. It's why all those southern states passed all those CBD-only laws. It's why New York and Minnesota passed those non-smokable extract-type oil only laws because every legislature since California has passed Californians passed medical marijuana that turned out to be quasi legalization with a doctor's permission slip. We're going to make damn sure that didn't happen to them, that they weren't hoodwinked or bamboozled into approving what is to them marijuana legalization. Now, look, I'm for marijuana legalization. I'm all for it. But I'm also for being honest with voters. And I'm also for framing the medical marijuana issue in such a way that it doesn't imperil the other people who have yet to get medical marijuana. Medical marijuana may be a joke in California, but it's no joke to the people who can't get medical marijuana because of the joke going on in California. This is why California needs to legalize marijuana with the Adult Use of Marijuana Act sooner rather than later. The longer it goes on with this wink, wink, nudge, nudge attitude toward medical marijuana, the more harm it does to the other states that would like to that that are nowhere close to legalization but could at least save some people's lives, save some children's lives with medical marijuana. It's been 20 years, California, 20 years of this medical marijuana shenanigans. If, if the exam is just a formality at this point, then why have the exam at all? Why separate medical and recreational at all? Because they're obviously not separated in California. Yes, 
Many of the people using marijuana medically in California have legitimate medical conditions for it, but far more don't. And this idea of all uses medical, well, if you have trouble sleeping at night, then you have legitimate medical use for marijuana. That's not the way people perceive legitimate medical use. Anyway, we've got to take a break. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll wrap things up here on the Russ Bellville Show's Toker Talk Radio, live on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Bellville Show on CannabisRadio.com. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Norma. And I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Norma at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. It's not your father's Woodstock weed. (laughs) This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, Tokers and Tokens. 50 after the hour. Closing shop here at the Rush Belleville Show and Toker Talk Radio reminding you, coming up at the top of the hour here on CannabisRadio.com, we've got the Stoner Jesus Show. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll wet your pants. It's a great show. But it's not safe for work, so be careful. Listener discretion is advised. Stoner Jesus coming up next on CannabisRadio.com. We got some great shows on CannabisRadio.com, by the way. You should check them out. Vivian McPeak, the executive director of Seattle Hemp Fest, has a great show called Hemp Resent. Kyle Cushman, the legendary grower, has The Grow Show. Dr. Dina, the doctor to the stars there in Southern California, has her own show on medical cannabis. We've got the Gondrepreneur program for those of you who are entrepreneurs wanting to get in 
to the cannabis industry. We got a new show featuring Ken from PayQuick. They'll be talking about finance for the cannabis industry and horror stories from those who've tried to finance their cannabis industry so you can learn from the best. We've got the State of Cannabis show to learn more about the news and opinions going on here in the cannabis community. SSDP has their own show for student activism. Dr. Mitch Earlywine has a show, the uh, Burning Issues show, where you can learn more about medical cannabis and more about cannabis's history, science, culture, and health. And joining us very soon, so excited to announce, Tommy Chong and his son Paris Chong joining us here on CannabisRadio.com. And another new signee that I uh, got to see this weekend in Seattle, A.C. Braddock, will be joining us for a show on women's perspectives on marijuana and the cannabis industry. We got so much coming up. And if you're interested in getting your show on CannabisRadio.com, just let us know. Send an email to info at CannabisRadio.com. Also, we're always looking for sponsors and advertisers on Cannabis Radio. Not only can you get your ad heard on our Cannabis Radio shows, they're also heard in the podcasts of these shows. They're also seen on the website for CannabisRadio.com and the websites for our shows. And you can be seen in all these cannabis events that I and other CannabisRadio.com hosts will be presenting at. And folks, I'm going to be all over the country this year. I'll be in a different city every weekend. And not just the standard cannabis cities like Denver, Portland, Seattle, and so on. But we're also talking about this next weekend, I'm in Fort Worth That's right, Fort Worth. And then uh, in a couple of weekends, I'll be in Phoenix. And it's looking like I'll have a chance to go to New York City and Chicago and Richmond, Virginia and Columbus, Ohio and all sorts of places. So if you want to get your brand exposed, not just to the existing cannabis market, but what will be the future cannabis market, CannabisRadio.com is the place to advertise. Get a hold of me. I'm Radical Russ everywhere. You can find me on gmail.com. Facebook, Twitter. There's no excuse for not getting a hold of me. I'll forward you to my good friend Calico Castile, Wiz Calico, who's helping to sell advertising and sponsorships for the show. And we will make sure the entire world knows all about your latest products. Ask the folks at shinepapers.com who are getting a ton of advertising for me for uh, this gift of 24 karat gold king-sized rolling papers ask the people at customherbgrinders.com who i've been advertising all weekend long for this special laser engraved russ belville show logo grinder that i've gotten from them ask the folks at bovidainc.com who gave me these great humidity packs for your baggie that keeps your weed at a perfect 62 percent humidity That's the kind of free word-of-mouth type advertising you're going to get when you start sponsoring the Russ Belville Show and CannabisRadio.com. Now, to wind things up here at uh, Cannabis Radio, I just want to say a little bit more about these folks with the whole treat-it-like-tomatoes mentality. This idea that marijuana ought to be treated as openly and freely as tomatoes which continues to ignore the fact that tomatoes do not get you high and no parent is worried about their kids stealing tomatoes to sell at school. Activists need to have a little bit better grasp of reality 
and the tenor of the or the zeitgeist, I should say, of the American voters, if they really want to make any sort of headway. And I think a lot of these tilters are are sincere. I think a lot of these folks are, you know, they suffer from the problem of knowing the truth about cannabis. They know it's non-toxic. They know it's a remarkable healing herb for so many conditions, great and small, that they can't understand how not everybody sees that, that the whole world just doesn't accept that. And that if all they knew, if, if they could just hear, if they could just read Jack Herrer's book, if they could just know how cannabis is so non-toxic and healthy and wonderful, why they'd support treating it like tomatoes. It would open up, the skies would part, and all would be well with the world. Well, folks, that's just not going to happen. So for the folks that are naive about that and just think that, you know, truth will set us free and it'll all be perfect, uh, take a good look at the history of social movements in this country and show me another one where things went from total oppression to total freedom in one fell swoop because you're not going to find it. On the other hand, I think that some of the people in the treat it like tomatoes camp are disingenuous. I think some of these people know marijuana can never be treated like tomatoes. I think some of these people know that these pie in the sky initiatives have zero chance of getting on the ballot. And if they did zero chance of passing, I think they know it. And I think they continue to espouse these sort of treat it like tomatoes ideologies to win over those naive people, to fool them into voting against their own best interests in legalizing marijuana, in in a legalization that moderate as it might be, can actually get on the ballot and can actually pass and can actually give people some measure of freedom, protection for possession, for small gardens, for cannabis clubs to be able to smoke at, to be able to share with one another, and most importantly, to bring that prohibition price down. Never forget that a lot of this has to do with protecting the prohibition status quo. And in that respect, the Treat It Like Tomatoes people are no different than the Juarez cartel. They're in it to protect their own bottom line, and we're not going to let them do it. Well, folks, that's all the time I got for today. i got to get out a little bit early so Stoner Jesus can take over the live stream. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Bell Show, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Bellville Show. The Russ Bellville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it.